Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the GSH show. Our goal is to connect you with experts around the world who would be able to help you on your journey to a better career, perhaps in Canada. Today with me, I have Marco. He is a senior business intelligence consultant at the European Commission and also the founder of Sprint CV, a platform developed for IT workers to create their resumes. Hello, Marco. Lovely to have you on the show. Hello, Moe. Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, very happy to be here with you today. Great. Uh, we, we're, we're super excited to have you here. Um, I know we've had a quick uh, discussion before and, and there were a lot of interesting points that came up, but uh, we decided to have this session focused on uh, LinkedIn profiles because it's something that we haven't really covered that much before and we thought your expertise would be very helpful, even though your platform is probably more designed for CVs, but I'm sure you have a lot of experience with uh, LinkedIn profiles as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, uh, well, LinkedIn, it's uh, a platform that every IT, IT professional nowadays needs to use. So it's where is everyone, where are all the companies? And as a user and also as a, as a recruiter as well, so as a kind of ambassador of Sprint CV, I reuse it a lot. So it's my, it's our preferred channel to contact with the potential users and customers. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think all recruiters, uh, you know, start their day at some point, or at least in the middle of the day, they, they, they go onto LinkedIn and that's where majority of connections and uh, communications are done. Um, so I think, yeah, it's definitely um, a very important topic for everyone. And a lot of times um, I think people want to know what, what sort of information should they have on their LinkedIn profiles? How should it be? Should it be any different from their resumes or should, or should it be the same? And what things are really important? What kind of, uh, what should you be writing on, on your uh, summary? What should be there on, in terms of your previous positions and then all sorts of questions there. And we've had some questions as well from our community, which we will try to get to as we go along. But before we get into that, First, I'd love to know a little bit about your story. I mean, how did you come up with the idea of Sprint CV? And, uh, and, and, and just tell us a little bit about what you do. I think, I think it would be interesting for everyone. Yeah, thank you, Moe. So in fact, it's a, I think it's a funny story. Uh, so I'm an I'm a IT professional. I'm a consultant uh, since my early days in 2007. So I've been working in uh, many different countries as well. So I, I've been specialized in a niche market that this data and uh, revenue insurance for telecoms to make sure that they have uh, been receiving their money from their customers so that gave me the possibility to travel a bit around the world but my my job was always to find a solution to my customers through uh, IT uh, software uh, to automate their processes so always taking data like transforming the data and uh, reaching their own goals so and this is explains a bit the, the origin of uh, Sprint CV so when I joined the European Commission in 2013, so I have been faced with the issue that they impose super complex templates uh, to the consultants to fill in order to be able to apply, which is very time consuming. And it's not only one reality from the European Commission. I think every IT consulting company, they have their own template, at least here in Europe, which is uh, super time consuming to everyone for the company, uh, for consultants. And in fact, it's a huge inefficiency because uh, people keep doing copy-paste from one document to other and where they should really automate the process. So that's what uh, Sprint CV would like to do or is aiming 
or is doing. So it's first is helping the consultants, so IT professionals like me and others, to automate their data. So they encode their data instead of storing their data in a Word document or in a PDF. They store it in a normalized database. And then from there on, they can export it in any, any template or any format uh, just pushing by a button. So it's a smart system that calculates in real time all the profession, all the experiences in terms of technologies, industry experience, times of experience, so many different parameters. And in reach, it's a real-time data platform that then, as an output, you can export it in a format of a CV or a resume. So that's uh, that's what we are doing, and um, that's why we also launched Sprint CV in order to tackle that pain that is for everyone, at least for me as a consultant, as an IT professional. And uh, our feedback is being very good from our guys. So our users are quite happy with the tool and they say that saves them a lot of time. Amazing. So I can imagine you've looked at uh, many, many uh, CVs uh, yes. throughout the, the time that you've been, yes, uh, yes, yes. been doing this. Right, right. Amazing. Okay. And, um, and so tell us how important you think LinkedIn is, is for, for candidates. I mean, you've had this experience with Europe. I'm sure it's... It's very important in Canada as well, but I'd like to know from, from your perspective, yes. as someone who's involved in lo looking at their resumes and how candidates are um, you know, showing themselves, where do you think LinkedIn plays, uh, plays an important role? So I believe that today LinkedIn is your business card. Um, as, a, as a recruiter, as a manager that watches your LinkedIn, so that's your, uh, they do their first assessment uh, mm -hmm. based on your LinkedIn. So based on your technologies that you have been working with, with the clients that you have been passing or the companies that with your past experiences. So that's, it's your business card is also kind of your Google. So where you search for consultants is, uh, it's uh, on uh, LinkedIn nowadays and you, as a professional, you want to be sure that you are well listed on a, the Google platform for IT professionals that is LinkedIn today. So I think it plays a key role um, in any professional, like it or not, LinkedIn, it's really growing and uh, it's really establishing itself as the platform for recruitment. Yes. And... Uh... How important is, is one question, I guess you've already answered that, but what is the most important piece of information that you need to have there? What, is, what are the main things that a recruiter is looking for when they're going through? I think it's uh, hard skills, the, your technology stack. So um, I, I believe like the text that you add, your introduction and things, it's nice, it's important, but what's really important is your job title and uh, the stack of technologies that you are using with. Uh, so if you are a DevOps, if you have the Kubernetes Docker, if you are a full stack, a backend, so if you are playing with the most recent frameworks, which technology are you more used to? So you are Java, .NET, so um, Python. So you really need to put those keywords in evidence because it's those keywords that will attract the recruiters or the managers to go and send you a message and contact with you. Mm -hmm. And when you say put the keywords in, do you mean put the keywords in as skills or do you mean for every job position you've had, include in the description, like what tech stack you've worked with? Yes. So I would recommend uh, treat in three places, your summary. So your mm -hmm. um, summary, you list the technologies that you are uh, most used or you want to work with. So in each professional experience, you list the stack of technologies that I've been working with. And then um, last but not least, at the skill levels, you add all them again. 
Okay. And do you think it's important to include uh, every technology that you've worked with or does it not matter and you should just stick to uh, kind of just the things that you want to uh, work with? Like what has your experience been here? Well, honestly, uh, you when you're, I'll speak now as a recruiter, kind of people that uh, search for cons uh, like professionals in order to mm -hmm. put them in contact uh, with my connections here. So honestly, if you, even if you put too many, I'll not look to them. Uh, I will look to the ones that I'm looking for. So just because right. you had 10, um, I'll not think that it's too much uh, because uh, nowadays the list of frameworks is so, so big that if you put too many, I think it's not the problem. I think if you put too less, you have more to lose than if you put too many, honestly. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. And what about describing uh, your experience? So um, we'll, we'll get to the summary at the end, but I want to focus first on each in an in individual um, job experience that you've had. So let's say you're listing, you're listing a few. So first of all, how many job experiences should you include? Should you have everything or should it only be like relevant job experiences? That's my first question. And second yes. is how much in detail should you go in explaining what kind of information would you put there? Because I think that's the beauty of LinkedIn uh, because um, on your resume, well, you are stuck to one or two pages max. So you cannot go more than that. With LinkedIn, mm -hmm. that doesn't apply. And uh, that's the beauty. So you can list all your projects, all your, all your professional experience. So you can go more into detail because if the person has interest, then he wants to read more about you. So first thing, he finds you by the job title or by the skills that you have listed. So somehow he finds out your profile using the search function. He lands on your profile. He sees that uh, you have the skills. And then if you want to read more about you, you go to each professional experience and really can learn more about you and say, well, this is really the person that I'm searching for. Let me give him a call or let me call him. Mm -hmm. So okay. I, I believe that the more content that you insert on, um, on LinkedIn, it's positive because uh, it gives you a better impression of you to the other person. So he knows you better and he already can have more information to assess if you are the right person and also to, to avoid to lose time because sometimes the profiles are very generic and then you start to speak with the person and then you find out that it's none of you uh, have a matching um, so you, it's not a match so you, in such a way you're losing time mm -hmm. and in terms of um so let's say okay you want to include information about your experience would you recommend bullet points or would you recommend like writing a short paragraph describing what you did and maybe just uh, including your tech stack, what what would be your preference if, if you were to recommend someone? Honestly, as a human person, we are we tend to be lazy. So give me the bullet points. So give me the bullet points what you are doing. So don't give me huge descriptions because I really don't want to read them. Um, yeah. It was it. I think it stated somewhere that recruiters spend like thirty seconds in a CV or in a resume to analyze if they want to call him or no. And the same applies also to LinkedIn. So. You go to specific areas, you see the stacks, you, you see if, okay, if I'm searching for a full stack Java Angular, uh, if he has those, and then you kind of skip the sentences or the phrases or the paragraphs that you write down. That's my experience as, uh, as a finder or a recruiter. So you kind of tend to more or less ignore the big paragraphs. You, you are yeah. searching more for bullet points. Okay, give me, show me 
in a fast way what you are doing. So give me two, three bullet points and show me your stack. Okay, I believe that uh, you have been working with development, front end, back end. Uh, so you have been working with uh, with big teams or small teams. So the project has been in a banking industry. It's what I'm searching. So um, in a in a fast way, you can do a fast assessment, and that information should be available also to the recruiter. Right. Okay. And looking back at your own experience, I'm sure you've had um, instances where you're, especially for, for candidates that you're helping uh, kind of actually find uh, a position. I'm sure you've had instances where maybe you've reviewed their LinkedIn profile or, or, or set, sat down with them and done it uh, you know, kind of in person. Um, yeah. What do you feel like are the most common areas where you see um, uh, candidates, specifically in this case, I would say developers or engineers, uh, usually need to uh, boost on their profile. So what are the areas that you feel like, I see I see a lot of challenges here, I see a lot of mistakes ma made here. What are some um, points that maybe come to, your, come to your mind right now? Yes, I think, well, the main concern is me as, as well as an IT professional. Uh, we tend to be a bit lazy, so we tend to hate documentation. Uh, we like to create stuff, not to document stuff. So that's, at least I'm saying, one of my defects. And uh, the reality is I see that as a common trace as well. So people do, do really great things, but they don't like to sell them. So we have lack of selling skills, which tends to um, also reflect on our LinkedIn profile. So people don't, uh, like, they don't focus in the, what they have achieved on each kind of professional experience that you can also achieve, they, that you can speak with numbers. So they don't go, they don't, the things that they also do in their personal life, because many times they do small apps or this, they have super nice projects, put it there because they are working in the, with that stack. Even if it's in your personal project, it counts. You have been learning. So everything that you feel that you are learning with, you should be proud of it and uh, put it in a LinkedIn. So, mm -hmm. So many times I, f I find great guys with a huge professional experience, but then when you look to their profile, they don't look a great guy. And they really should look like a great guy. So uh, it's to spend a bit of time and tell them when you need to pass an image that you are proud of your work and that should be reflected on your LinkedIn profile as well. So be proud of what you have achieved and list it there. Don't, uh, don't, uh, you're not being cocky. You're, you're just thinking about the things that you have really achieved. So. Don't, don't be afraid of stating them. So pass that image as well. And where would you include this information? Like, uh, would you put it in projects? Would you include something in summary? Where would you? Would you yeah, would you like I would say this? both. I would say both because on summary, so you have a bit, uh, bit more freedom. But on each project, you always achieved something at the business uh, level. So business or technical level, you always have uh, achievements. And uh, right. why not to state them there? You can write as much as you want, okay? My opinion is don't write too much because people not read it, but uh, be proud of it and put one or two bullet points what have you achieved on a, each professional experience and then summarize that on, um, on your general summary. Okay, and talking about the general summary, I, I wanted to ask you, do you have any specific maybe formulas that you like to see usually on a summary? If, if you were to teach me uh, how to write the ideal uh, summary in, in your mind. Could you break it down for me? Tell me this is what I would like to see at least in, in, in terms of like steps or sections or whatever. 
make sense? Well, that's a very good question that I even struggle with that as well. So, but uh, <laughs> usually I think you should describe yourself as a professional. You should stay the stack that you are working with. So how you are as a professional that, where you show a bit your soft skills, because usually, well, it is used to say that you are recruited by your hard skills, but you keep the job by your soft skills. And honestly, I think the summary should be also a bit of reflect of your soft skills, your business achievements and your stack. Because even if you're not that good on writing, just make it bullet point. And nobody will judge you because of that. They will be hiring you anyway by your IT skills, not by the way you write text. So if you want to simplify, just put some bullet points. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. Now let's move. A so we talked about building a profile and having a profile is really great. I think all the points that you mentioned make absolute sense to me. Someone who's going through resumes, LinkedIn profiles all day long. I think we've all had the experience of like looking at a LinkedIn profile and saying, okay, this kind of makes sense or, oh, I wish there was more information. Why did this person not include anything here and blah, blah, blah. So I think that was really helpful in building that initial profile. But then there's another side to LinkedIn, right? It's that it's an actual social network and uh, there's, uh, there's some activities that you can do there. So let's talk a little bit about that. What do you think, what would you recommend as maybe a minimum bar for someone who's, uh, who's searching for jobs, maybe actively or maybe even passively, what would you recommend uh, for, for everyone to include in terms of maybe posting something, activity on other people's posts? What are some things that, that you feel like you definitely want someone to be doing? So, yes, so there's many different things. So to set up your, your, your LinkedIn account, you are being passive. So you are just expecting people to come to you. But uh, LinkedIn is much more than that. So you really can be proactive and engage with people. So how can you engage with people? So you can send them the invitations to recruiters, managers, and then would also add note, introducing yourself. So you build your network. Second, you can post, you can write articles, you can engage with the community, commenting on posts on, or posting as well, and uh, can join groups on LinkedIn, even if I think it don't work that well, in my opinion. But most of all, so if you start to build a good network, you'll see a lot of recruiters and companies posting jobs. Other thing that you also should do is you should change your settings and put that you might be open to opportunities. So that's also very important. Okay. Because uh, recruiters account, so they will uh, they will flag you, and as soon as you change that flag, many of them have automated systems to send you already a notification, and tell you that uh, if you are interested in what you are interested. Okay, okay, and um, actually, there there is a question. I w I'm going to take this opportunity now that we're talking about a little bit about details um, of setting your profile. There was a question that came in from our community. I'm going to. Try and open it up here. So someone asked, I'm, uh, I'm a Canadian uh, permanent resident currently working in the US. How can I set my LinkedIn location as Canada um, without changing my default profile location? Is there a way to do that? So let's say I'm right now I'm in another country, but I want, I want recruiters in Canada to notice me or find me. Is there, is there a hack to, to make that happen? Yes, so something also you can do on your settings is to go and say that I'm open and uh, LinkedIn also uh, asks you where in the, in the radius of that area. So you can list as well where are the open areas, like the areas where you'd like to work as well. 
So, but I think Canada and the US, they have a very good relationship. Kind of recruiters in US should be searching also in the Canadian market and vice versa, no? It's definitely doable. No, I wouldn't call it necessarily easy, but it's okay. definitely doable. And, uh, you know, you would have to, you'd have to apply for a work permit or get a company to sponsor you to make that happen if you're coming from, I mean, our experience is mainly with Canadian companies and so we don't work with um, moving anyone to US companies. We, we only work with like kind of moving people north. So um, in that case, yeah, you would have to either apply for a work permit on your own. So it'd be like an open work permit or you would have to get a company to sponsor you, which is what we do basically, right? So all the positions that we work with sponsor uh, candidate visas fully and whether you're in the US or anywhere else in the world, doesn't really matter you will get a permit pretty quickly. So that's kind of how, that's actually one of the philosophies of, of why our business exists. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So I think we've got some, some kind of ideas there. And um, I also have other questions uh, in the audience. So one question I think to, from our Q&A actually, um, yes. someone just asked, so while working on Android, I had to use a lot of libraries. Should I include all of them or just a few maybe I feel are more interesting? The problem is that these libraries and frameworks come and go and there's always something better. So what would you suggest? Putting, putting all of them on my LinkedIn or just including a few? I think you should uh, list them all the ones that you'd like to work again. So if you don't mm -hmm. like to work them uh, with them again, so if you say I hate them, so I really don't want to work with them again. So I think uh, there's no point of adding them. But sometimes you, you get hired because you know a framework that nobody knows, that is very specific to a niche market, or usually nobody would speak about it. But there maybe there's one position that you have a huge advantage because you know that framework. So, uh, for example, we had we had a one opening for a specific position of uh, in GIS, so geographical mm -hmm. information system. And just by chance, one guy has been working with the military that he knew those frameworks of uh, GIS. It's super rare to find a professional with that. And as soon, if a recruiter is searching for that and he finds those keywords in your profile, so you are in a very good advantage regarding the other, other candidates. Right. Makes a lot of sense. You definitely want to be picked up because a lot of times recruiters, um, you know, they just, I think this is something that, is important for everyone to consider, which is difficult to grasp when you're, uh, you know, in the shoes of a candidate applying to positions. You feel like, um, hey, I want to, I want to explain a lot and I want to include a lot, a lot of information. That's great, but if that information is not easy to consume and it, you can't really scan it, you're losing a lot there because you know, I would say 30 seconds is very generous in terms of the time that a, yes. a typical recruiter would spend on a resume. I think it's probably a lot less than that. Indeed. Usually it's a quick skim, right? Usually it's just a quick skim. If, if it generally makes sense, then maybe you would spend like 30 seconds or a bit more to actually mm -hmm. dig deeper. And even before that, what you just mentioned makes a lot of sense, right? Having the keyword in there is super critical because a lot of search yeah. tools, or if you do like an x-ray search, uh, as, which is what most recruiters do, Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking for keywords and if the keyword is not there your yeah. likelihood of popping up is, is almost zero right yeah, indeed. it's not going to show up on the I, list i even have a personal uh, friend of mine so he, his all his career was dot net and uh, mm -hmm. for uh, six months he had experience with Beastalk. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, he was missing someone and he got the job uh, like for six months. And he was lucky enough to list that on LinkedIn and put Bistalk. Today he's working on Bistalk and having a, gir- a very good daily rate because of that. So, and he was searched in Portugal to work in Brussels just because he knew a bit of Bistalk where it's super rare to find professionals with Bistalk experience. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. Especially, I guess it's, it's especially important for kind of uh, experience with rare frameworks, technologies, languages. I yeah. think it, it's, it's even more important there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, well, there was another question, actually. Uh, I think it's an interesting one. Um, kind of a bit in a different direction, but I think it's still worth covering. So uh, someone asked, while updating my profile, should I turn off the notification or no? Because I don't want my, like, I guess the worry here was whether or not their current employer would, would know about anything. But do you think updates on your profile or making changes, like if you're uh, updating them, is, is, is a good idea or a bad idea? What do you feel about that? Uh, if you don't want your employee to know, uh, so you should not switch on. If you are really in an active search and you'd like to LinkedIn to share that information with the full network, you should definitely uh, take that option and that extra publicity uh, that LinkedIn will do for you will help you a lot, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. it's up to you. So if, if you are not active and you are just uh, sounding the market, like uh, prospecting a bit the market to see, well, how much they are paying, um, maybe you should not activate so yeah. it's always a kind of a tricky situation that unless you have something like an offer, you don't want your current employee to know that you are sounding the market. Yeah, makes sense. No, absolutely. makes a lot of sense. So uh, we had one question regarding uh, recommendations, right? So like when other people uh, write a recommendation for you, how important do you think it is? Would you read someone someone's uh, recommendations that they've received from, from, from their probably friends or colleagues or someone? Uh, honestly, from a scale to 1 to 10, and where 10 is the most everybody reads and really t- takes a lot of value, and 1 does nobody reads and uh, does no value, I would put as 3. So as mm-hmm. I don't read recommendations. Or okay. at least I never, I kind of, I never engage someone based on a recommendation. So mm-hmm. honestly, it's nice, but I don't know yeah. even how... how how true is that? I think uh, referrals is more important when you are already ahead on your recruitment process. It's a nice to have, but even those people that kind of go to the stack and kind of support you on that, nobody pays attention to that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, I would have exceptions for that in my mind. If the recommendation is coming from someone super... That you know, high, high a, personal, yeah, like, a personal friend of yours that's recommended him on exactly. LinkedIn. So yeah. yes, you really can connect, but mm-hmm. that would be really interesting. Or, or if it's like from someone who's famous in the industry who really liked working with you. And in that case, I would recommend getting to getting them to write something actually authentic about you, like their like their experience with you, instead of writing like a typical long paragraph, maybe something really short and sweet, uh, just to show that this person kind of supported you and this person was like some kind of industry leader that you've. I would, I would keep it to, to people that, you know, you've actually worked with. I think that's really interesting. Um, or maybe clients that were really happy with the work you did and those yeah. clients are impressive. I think those could also be interesting. But I think the important thing is making sure that when you ask for recommendations, you're, you, you know, what you're asking for is not them to just kind of rant about um, how cool you are, but mainly 
bringing out like a specific uh, thing that you were able to achieve, I think is interesting. I think mm -hmm. it's kind of like a testimonial that a company would get, you know, like, hey, this person was able to do this, pull off this amazing thing. And if it's like specific, might be interesting if it's someone someone uh, well known and if you, it's clear that you've actually achieved something in your work relationship with them i think it could be good uh, but yeah i agree it's not the most important thing and honestly speaking uh, i speak about a bit about my professional experience well everything that i really kind of really achieved and uh, it was super nice and i'm super proud of it it's not on my linkedin so um, I'll not ask a CFO to go to my LinkedIn profile and tell, well, you're a very good team of consultants, consultants that you managed to do for the first time in history of the telecom operator project within the time and within the budget. And then uh, mm -hmm. that have been shared between CEOs and CFOs of two, yeah. of two different companies. So you don't go and knock him. Can you go to my LinkedIn and post that there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> It is, so, it is a bit weird, yeah, yeah. I yeah, get, I so, <laughs> so I think your bigger, very good achievements, you kind of remember them very well and maybe you can have proofs of, uh, of uh, emails and stuff. That's why I put it from one scale to one to 10 to three because it has some relevance, but it's not key and it's not super important in my opinion. And usually people don't read it because uh, usually it's so standardized it's really hard to find out the very good and authentic reviews from the other ones that are kind of... Okay. Okay. Amazing. Um, we also have another interesting question that came up. So someone asked, how do I actually show that I'm a quick learner on LinkedIn? Like uh, I can learn any framework, language or tech stack. Uh, how do I show this so that recruiters actually kind of maybe identify this as a trait that I have other than saying that I'm a quick learner? Do you, can you think of any ways that someone yes. would be able to demonstrate that? Create content and add value on your content that you create. Uh, post things about that, things that you have done. Um, it's super easy. You don't need to be working uh, on a specific tech like uh, stack, like Angular. Okay, let's speak about Angular or some uh, Penthouse or any TLs and stuff. Be happy about your work. So do small videos or do things that you have done. Create uh, blog posts or create articles on LinkedIn and just post them saying, okay, guys, so I have done these and these and these. And even don't need to be your professional experience. You can be it doing as your part-time or in your personal time, like at home. Uh, you are learning that and then you keep posting that. And then uh, it will get, uh, the recruiters will think or will give you authority that uh, you are learning them. So then it's fine. As soon as you prove uh, to the media nowadays that uh, you can uh, work with it, Mm -hmm. So if you create content uh, around that subject and about those languages and stacks, I think you get a lot of points and you have people interested, especially startups. They want people really engaged, that fast learners that uh, like to try things and um, work, uh, work on extra time in the, their own projects. So that's all, all about the startup concept and uh, ideology. So um, I even have a friend of mine, so like he works for a, Irish startup, well, it's not a startup anymore. And they, they only work with the most up-to-date technologies. They are really kind of early adopters and they are already going home and trying their own things. I prefer to hire a junior that has this mindset than a senior that says, ah, but that's still on testing now. It's already in production. So it's, uh, you really can use a lot your extra time and to create value and to create good content to show that uh, you are a fast learner, that you, you, 
engage with other technologies and uh, your daily work in terms of IT is not only the eight hours that you are working in the office, but also uh, your free time. Yes. Yes. Um, amazing. There's so much stuff to talk about, Marco, but uh, we're, we're kind of approaching the yes, uh, end of our time with you. But before we wrap up the show, I want to ask you, what would you say is the one thing anyone listening here should have taken from this conversation? So really, LinkedIn, it's your landing page for many jobs. So, uh, and you should not, really not uh, depreciate that meaning. So go to your LinkedIn, review it as a recruiter. Just think, okay, I'm a recruiter and uh, would I like to hire myself based on uh, what I see on my LinkedIn profile? In what I would like to work, what are the technologies that I'm working now? What are the niche technologies that I know that there are very few people in the market that knows? Is that listed on my LinkedIn? So do, the, do that assessment, be autocritic, just add the stack that you have been working with, uh, make sure that uh, on your summary you have the stack, add content and also uh, try to improve as well the job titles on each professional experience because that's a huge filter to search for um, candidates. Not only your job title of LinkedIn, but also the job titles of each single professional experience. That really can uh, land you in a new job. Amazing, thank you so much. Uh, Marco, before we say goodbye to you, um, what is the best way for, for people to reach out to you if, if they wanna learn about what you're doing uh, or uh, you know, kind of use uh, your products, CB, if they're looking for jobs in Europe or just any way to, to get in touch with you and, and use So them. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, so feel free to, to add me. So it's Marco Pincho, um, so feel free to add me. You also can go to CB, and you can uh, create an account, you can send me messages on there and I will be happy to help you with this. So it's a free service, uh, all the documents that you get, it's Word documents without watermarks. And we have also a lot of uh, jobs listed, mostly in Belgium. But anyway, so we are not speaking about, uh, you are not here to speak about that. Canada is much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what you like, but yes, uh, uh, I'm obliged to say that. Yes. Um, okay, so thank you so much, Marco. It was amazing having this chat with you. I have personally learned a lot. I hope the people listening to this, either live or later on uh, in the format of a podcast, would also uh, enjoy it as much. And uh, we will include links to uh, SprintCB and, uh, and ask people to get in touch with you if they're, if they're looking for opportunities there, if they, if they have questions. And we'd love to have you back sometime again in the future. There's a bunch of stuff we can talk about. And uh, thank you so much for your time today, Marco. Have a great evening and uh, I'll see everyone on the next episode. Goodbye.